All right. So, podcast number five, Brewer Talks, uh, brought to you from Patainer. Uh, we are actually in Nuremberg, Germany, at Brau Bavial 2019. Uh, land of beer, beer heaven. I'm a happy man. Um, we've covered so far kombucha, wine, coffee, kegging. Um, and I've got a special guest with us today. Uh, you want to introduce yourself to our, our fans? Hi, everybody. Uh, Mathieu Rafa, sales director for Petener Asia, based in Bangkok, Thailand. I'm jealous. That's uh, all right. There is worse place in the world. Uh, I'm looking after the, the operations of Petener in Asia. So Petener in Asia is a bit of a big zone from Korea to Australia. Um, our main market is China. And it's also um, covering other countries such as Singapore, Japan, Vietnam, all very different type of markets at different level of maturity. And uh, yeah, that's my daily, daily routine, I would say. Right on. Um, I was lucky enough uh, in my past, um, when I was building breweries, we had some factories in China. Uh, so I started going over there a few years ago, three, four years ago. Um, And I drank a lot of snow, a lot of Harbin beer, um, which is, you know, for the States, it's our Miller light, 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 yeah. uh, Bud light, light, light. Uh, and it works for when you're having hot pot and yeah. your mouth's on fire. Uh, but then I was lucky enough to uh, be able to start going to Great Leap Brewing, mm -hmm. uh, like a awesome craft beer mecca for me. Um, get a cheeseburger, some beer with some hops. Um, what have you seen changing in the Asian beer market with your experience now that you're uh, taking care of that for Patana? Well, I think I, I came on board a little bit after you came to China first. Okay. So when I arrived, I noticed that the craft beer scene market industry was already quite advanced. And... Um, We, we actually had some plans already for a few years thinking about how to approach a Chinese market. All right. Um, the first thing that we learned is that we expected uh, most of the market to be located in northeast China uh, to the coast where you have big cities, famous big cities. Yeah, that's and, where I was hanging out. And that, that's where we're going to start production in, uh, in a couple of weeks. Like It's starting right now, literally. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, the thing is... Uh, The volume is here. Uh, we definitely made the right choice with that location. But what we've learned is that um, where the biggest logistic issues are actually happening, this is where Chinese craft brewers need one-way kegs. So the biggest logistics issues are actually south of a line that goes from roughly from Shanghai to Chengdu, okay. which is really from the east coast to the west uh, Midwest or central China. And south of that line, we actually have most of our customers at the moment. So it's, it's telling us that craft beer is not only an expat East Coast phenomenon, but it's a Chinese middle class from those huge cities that are everywhere in central China. I'm talking Qi'an, Chengdu, Wuhan, Changsha, um, and other cities in the, in the Yunnan area, Guangxi, where people get more and more into craft beer they That's have awesome. more available income and they can 
and they need the beer to be brought to them. China is big, so you need uh, one-way solutions. Okay. That's where our market is at the moment. Right on. Um, so our one-way keg is helping with logistics. Also, I know uh, in the States, we've got some small percentage of keg losses, you know, through uh, just kegs going bad and people not returning them. But I hear Asia is like a way higher number, like seven, eight, nine percent mm -hmm. on steel keg losses. Yeah. So that's another advantage to be able to use a one way. <clears throat> they don't have to worry about losing their cooperage. So that's awesome. So I know when I was first going over there, we did see some import uh, from the States. Like Stone was coming over there. Um, what's have you seen anybody else? Besides, you know, the typical German, Paul Anner, Hackershore, uh, Carlsberg, and stuff like that. Have you seen an influx from any other region uh, bringing their beer over to uh, China or Southeast Asia, any place like that? Uh, yeah, I would say it's still an elite or higher middle class consumption pattern that we see. <clears throat> uh, craft beer is consumed by people who have money to do so. So that's... That's something that is really for middle class and higher classes. But those people are actually having the same behavior, the same taste, more or less. Or they follow the same trends maybe a bit later okay. than, than in the US or even in, in Europe. And um, by that, uh, we actually also see some uh, intra-Asian beers, I would say. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. Oh, nice. These are countries that actually have some of the highest production capacity per capita uh, compared to the rest of the world. And those people love their beer and they know how to drink. They sure do. do. There's a good reason to love that beer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, the issue is that there are not enough. There is not enough of them. Okay. So, uh, well, have me come over. I'll help you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have some solutions. <laughs> and um, the governments are actually pushing those guys to export their beer. Okay. And Australia and New Zealand have a very pragmatic way to approach that targeting China mostly, but also Japan and other countries that they didn't expect to be uh, a recipient for their beer, which is Indonesia, Singapore, a little bit of Thailand, and where we actually see that we would be very useful to them. It's not only by providing them kegs, but it's also by having technical people in China or in Southeast Asia that can actually uh, hold hands with the beer importers and show them how to for the beer, how to use a one-way keg, sure. how, to, how to store it, yeah, yeah, yeah. how to keep it fresh yeah. over days. And uh, that's what craft brewers are afraid of. They are driven by quality and right. they, they want their beer to be served the way they have made it and they wanted it. So Tastes uh, the same way when it left there, when it gets to the end user. They, exactly. Yeah. And if it really makes them scared if they, they think that it's going to be spoiled by one guy that has not been trained enough. So that's right. where we bring another side of the solution, where we want to have people who not come from the brewing industry, come from breweries, have been brewing, filling kegs, but also dispensing kegs, working in the bar to show them how to man that keg. That's great. It's not complicated, but if no one shows you, it's like anything else, you might not make it work. Sure. So that's another part of the solution we are bringing. The keg and the guy who can train your guys on how to dispense the beer. That's awesome. Yeah. Not only do we help you get it into our keg, but we help you get it out of the keg to make everybody happy. From the brewer to the end to the restaurant to the bar, 
and to the guy jerking out of the glass. That's yeah, I think that's awesome. That's that's really important. So, what what I'm a huge fan of with Pertainer is that we have manufacturing set up throughout the world. So, not only we you know recycle materials, sustainability, but we're cutting down on logistics to get the product closer to our customers. So we're not, you know, we're as efficient as possible, cutting out on emissions, all that good stuff. Um, don't you have production coming around the corner here for you? Yeah. Getting closer to your back door? Yeah, as, as, I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm lucky to uh, have very soon, I mean, a couple of days, more or less, uh, kegs manufactured in China. Nice. And that's first step in China. We're not going to stop there. We're going to get kegs closer to the growers. And they are everywhere, so that's that's my headache. That's for me to find a solution. <laughs> uh, we also have a production facility in Australia, which is a partnership with a, a very strong local company that has brought their own uh, logistics network in Australia. Nice. And from uh, from from Australia, from Victor- the state of Victoria, we we are able to distribute cakes in Australia mostly, New Zealand, Pacific Islands. So that's what we are. Uh, playing with at the moment and our plans are obviously to as I said always bring the solution closer to the brewers and uh, I would say if I would have to give my own guess today it would be probably the south of China where we would invest the first and maybe somewhere in Southeast Asia but we are talking about a bit more medium term uh, investments oh, for Southeast Asia that's awesome that's so exciting um, right. I love hearing that news I'm all pumped up at Brow Bevial. Uh, we got 30 liter hybrids behind us. We got the Asian market killing it, blowing up. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for stopping by and being our special guest today on uh, the fifth episode of Brewer Talks. It's, thanks for spending thank your you. time with us. Awesome. Drinking a beer. Let's go get some more beers, deal? Yeah, yeah you need some more. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Uh, keep following us on uh, podcasts on your iPhones, your droids. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're on all that stuff. Uh, We love hearing from you. We love your feedback and uh, keep listening. Salud. Or uh, what is it? What do they say uh, in China? Uh, Kampei. Kampei.